Our deepest desire is to know that we are worthy, worthy of loving and being loved. This podcast explores how to love, how to love fiercely, and how to be guided by the heart and trust in the most powerful energy in the universe, love. Our task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Welcome to What Would Love Do? Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of What Would Love Do? Thank you for joining me today. I hope that wherever you are um, on this magical day that is the 7th of November, that you are feeling loved, feeling nourished and feeling whole. And if there is an experience that maybe you're not so feeling loved, nourished or whole, that you know that this too shall pass, that everything is impermanent. Um, and that whatever that you whatever that you're whatever you are seeking is also seeking you. So welcome to episode 16. In this episode, I want to explore our model of love. And the reason why I want to do this is because if we can bring awareness to how we learnt how to love and bring awareness to being able to understand our observations without judgment, without attachment on how we observed love between one person to another, how it was demonstrated or how it wasn't demonstrated, we can then make conscious choices and break free from subconscious beliefs and patterns that we've created Um, that basically impacts how we show up with love or how we allow ourselves to be guided by love or whether we even believe in this energy called love. So how we do this is, you know what, the people that we learn how to love from are our parents. (laughs) You know, we first learn or have or build our model of love and our basic understanding of what love is, what love isn't, how to get it, how not to get it, and how to be in relationships based on our observations from our family. So in being able to, I I think, observe our family, observe our parents, um, and observe our story and our narrative on how we interpreted these events, like how we saw our mum with our dad or how we saw our dad with our mum and how they then dealt with the pressures of having a family or how they dealt with, uh, I guess, stress or whether they trusted themselves to be able to live from a space of love or whether they could cultivate a loving household or family like all of these things I guess if we can uncover how we've then interpreted them or how we have what we have done with this information what we have done with these beliefs we can then choose whether these beliefs still serve us or they don't because ultimately at the end of the day what we are wanting is to be able to be free to express love right and be able to choose to live from a place of love rather than choosing to live from a place of fear. And this isn't just in relationships. We want to be able to choose to live from a place of love in how we show up in the world. What I mean is uh, we are our best 
well, we feel like we are our best when we are our authentic self, when we know when there's meaning behind what we're doing, when we have purpose, when we are connected to how we show up in the world. And the thing is maybe sometimes there are some circumstances where we don't know what our purpose is or we don't know why we're doing what we're doing and there's two things, right? Like we either change our attitude about it and see it from a different perspective and and be grateful for what the opportunity is or we change the circumstance and let's say, for example, if we're in a job that, you know, that is, uh, I don't know, what would we call it? Let's say we, like a soul-sucking job. I mean, is that the term? I can't remember, but let's say we're in a position where we're, you know, what we thought we loved, we no longer love. Um, and that's okay too. Like it's, it's actually having been the courage to see it for what it is and then going, okay, well, can I bring a different attitude? Do I choose to see this with gratitude? Do I choose to see it for what it is? And then be able to make a choice of bringing a different attitude or, or creating a different narrative and creating a different meaning behind it. Or do I let it go? Um, and all of these practices in being able to choose to live from love enables us to craft a life that is really magical. And at the end of the day, you know, we when we're six feet under or our ashes are spread across the sea somewhere um, or mountaintop, we want to know that we gave life everything. We want to know that life was in love with us as much as we were in love with life and I'm not talking I'm not saying this like a bumper sticker or that it is a nice to have or that is wishful thinking I believe that this is so possible and I believe this is our birthright and that this is you know this is norm the norm is to actually live a life led by love We've made it norm to live a life led by fear. However, that's not our innate nature. That's a human adaptation that we've put on, you know, this experience. Um, you know, I truly do believe that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, except sometimes we forget that. And so then we become these human beings that are trying to have a spiritual experience, right? But if we can go back to our spiritual nature. And when I talk about spirituality, I don't mean like the religions or, you know, different gods or, you know, like woo-woo stuff. I'm talking about spirituality in terms of a real connection, like a deep connection to that innate intelligence within ourselves, to that experience of that we are all connected. And I'm not talking like that as like this peacemaking, hippie, like, you know, woo-woo person. I'm saying that we are bounded and we are connected to everything that is around us and how I know this is that when we can have the courage to face our vulnerabilities when we can actually embrace our humanity you know in the beginning of the podcast I said hey if you're not having a great day know that you're not alone know that this too shall pass like when we can go go to that part of ourselves create the space to feel those difficult emotions to be able to acknowledge the humanity that lives in us we can then acknowledge that it lives in another human being, right? And we can acknowledge and feel that, you know, this is this is what happens with everything in nature. And that's how we're connected. We're connected by this experience of, of living here on earth. And we can then bring empathy and compassion to that instead of judge it, disregard it, or think that it is separate to us. 
yeah so say for example if you can uh create compassion for yourself when you are feeling separate from yourself and what i mean by feeling separate from yourself is you think i am in this job that i really don't like and i don't know how to get out of that get out of this or I feel like it'll be too scary to make a jump and I wish I had more courage or I wish I had courage to leave a relationship that isn't serving me or I wish I had more courage to make changes in my life because I know that what I'm currently doing isn't, um, you know, isn't the path for me. Have compassion. <laughs> bring some kindness to it. Bring some gentleness to it and know, and like when we can go there, when we can be vulnerable with our emotions and our feelings and allow ourselves to feel the feeling, observe the emotion free from judgment, we can then exercise the muscle of empathy because we can only exercise and the muscle of empathy when we can understand it within ourselves and then we can give that to another human being so that when we observe another human being's actions, we can see it with really from a loving perspective irrespective of whether we agree or disagree we know that's not about being right or wrong and rather it is seeing them for who they truly are which is this spiritual being having a human experience and maybe in this human experience they're being stuck because every single human being wants this every single human being wants this one thing and that is to be seen to be heard to be understood and ultimately what it comes down to is to be loved and to know that we can give love right um I, I you know i believe that even the people who create world wars or the people who we judge as tyrants ultimately what they're seeking is that feeling of being loved and they're going about it in a way that we may not agree but that's the best way they know how to or that's what they think they need to do to be able to get closer to that experience of love, that experience of connection. So what I wanted to talk about was, yeah, the model of love, right? And the model, our model of love starts from our observations as a young child or our inner child for, from how our parents interacted, how they interacted with one another how they showed up for one another, how they dealt with conflict, um, how they, I guess, turned to trusting their intuition or trusting themselves when it came to making choices about following their heart, um, whether we, we observed whether they were in survival mode or whether they were thriving, and then we also made observations and inherited beliefs from that. And our model of love also comes from how we experienced the connection between our mum and our dad and even our siblings, right? Um, and so from these interactions, observing, you know, our parents to also being a participant in the relationship between our mum or our dad, we've built our model, our model or our understanding of love. Now, here's the thing with the model of love, like our consciousness, our consciousness or our awareness is constantly evolving, so our consciousness and our awareness evolves based on the, I guess, based on the beliefs that we currently have and also question and then let go of, right? So then therefore we're never stuck with our model of love and we have uh, a real opportunity to 
dismantle it if it doesn't work and create a new model of love, a new model of understanding what it means to be in love, what it means to give love, understand the energy of gratitude, um, of wholeness, of connection, and really be able to give ourselves and, and open ourselves up to that possibility. Um, now, some of you may be listening to that and going, yeah, 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 that sounds really great, but how does that work? How does that happen? Because I've been so heartbroken before. Oh, I'm scared to feel lonely again. And um, I don't think love is for me. I mean, these are things that let's bring awareness to them, you know, especially the comment on, you know what, maybe love's just not for me. Like that is a belief that you've given weight to that isn't necessarily true. And it may be true for right now, but you have a choice then to go, well, do I still want this to be true? Or what belief can I replace it with but then the other thing to go deeper is like why do I believe that this is true for me like where did it come from was it something that my mum told me was it something that my dad was it something that I observed in how my parents are from one with one another you know is it something that I observed with what they said to one another that you know like if you were to have an amazing relationship um it's not possible and that everyone is like compromising or what have you or everyone, you know, this is just the destiny of everyone to have horrible relationships and marriages and this is just life. This is just how it is. Um, and are, are you still willing to buy into that? Um, because at the end of the day, like our beliefs, our subconscious beliefs is is the thing that runs the show. Um, you know, 5% of the time our conscious mind, I guess, creates our actions and creates the choices that we made, but really it's the subconscious mind that runs the show. And the subconscious mind is the thing that is in the background that creates our habits, creates our beliefs. And so let's bring awareness to that to be really to be able to understand our model of love and then therefore create our own model of love and then access the mechanics of how to love. The thing that I want to ask you is do you believe that there's a difference between living a life from love versus living a life from fear? Like do you truly believe that? Because once you do, then we then we can start investigating. But if you don't believe that there is a difference between living a life from love to living a life from fear, then, you know, there's nothing at stake. There's no, there's no meaning behind further investigation. And the other thing to ask is, do you believe that it's possible to live a life from love versus living a life from fear? Or do you think that you're either, like, you know, it's impossible that we'll always be living more of from fear than in love? And love is basically prescribed to the special few. <laughs> um, you know, these are things that are, will be really interesting for you to tell the truth to yourself with because then you can go, hey, well, wow, like, I didn't know that that was there for me. I didn't know that I don't trust in love. I didn't know that I'm unworthy to feel love. I didn't know that, you know what, if I told the truth to myself, I don't believe that anyone will be able to love me for me. So for the longest time, I think even, um, even in the beginning of when I was with my husband, John, I didn't I think there was a subconscious belief that I truly had, which was 
I'm unlovable. And as much as I try to do the affirmations and do all that, you know, positive thinking stuff, it couldn't, that the conscious mind thought, you know what, love is possible, but the subconscious mind constantly rejected the the meaning of that because my body couldn't feel that I was actually it was it was possible to be fit, to be loved. Um, now, how I got beyond that was a lot of meditation, and the reason why meditation works is because it changes your brain. Like it's this is science now. This isn't um, this isn't woo woo stuff. I'm, I'm talking about real science now. What happens in meditation is that when your brain waves slow down, right, you're able then to be the observer of your thoughts. And you're able to then, uh, it creates plasticity in your brain because your brain can constantly be rewired, but it can only be rewired when the brain waves are slowing down. And that's what meditation makes available. So there was this point in time in the relationship between John and I where I started meditating and there was like this release of emotion that I didn't even know was there, that I didn't know that I held in my body, right? So let me, so I'll backtrack. Up until about probably 31 or 32, I felt that, yes, I believed in the power of love. And I said to the universe, hey, I'm ready to receive love and I'm worthy of love. But my body kind of wanted to self-sabotage. My body kind of rejected that thought. So it wasn't until that I started meditating that then I can now be the observer of my thoughts, the observer of the, the, I guess, the, the blocked energies that were within me that then they can be released. So up until this point in time, whenever I went through a breakup, whenever there was uh, anything that was really challenging in a relationship, um, I just wasn't the kind of person that could open up and be vulnerable. I always just try to have it all together <laughs> And the thing with energy and emotions is that it needs to run through your body. Now, if it doesn't, it gets blocked in there. It gets blocked in, like, it gets blocked in our physical being. It gets held in by the cells, right? So that's why crying is actually really healthy. Now, you don't want to be, like, the kind of person that cries all the time because then now your emotions have you rather than you have your emotions. But then equally, you don't want to be the kind of, person that creates a habit of blocking your emotions because your emotions are blocked in your physical body and then therefore you're not able to expand your heart um, and then create connection right so it's being able to practice that mastery and find that find that balance so anyway up until 32 there were so many blocked emotions that were in my body that have hasn't been released and it wasn't until I started a practice of meditation that now I can observe these observe these thoughts, observe these memories free from judgment, free from the emotional charge that they can actually now be released through. And so I remember, you know, there were like, there was this week where I was doing the meditations every day. And then I also started listening to Marianne Williamson's um, A Return to Love. And I've never cried so much in my life up until that point. It was amazing. It felt so therapeutic. It felt like anything that I blocked or I held onto, I, I could just release it. And then that enabled me to rebuild the model of love, rebuild an understanding of how to love, 
how to be loving, how to be worthy, how to feel like I'm enough. And, you know, and it's still an ongoing journey. It's still something that I'm learning and I'm, you know, it's an everyday mastery, I think, for the rest of my life, which I'm blessed, is to be able to learn how to love because there's always a new level of wholeness. There's always a new level of love. There's always a new level of gratitude. There's, it's, it's never, it's, we're forever evolving and there's no, there's nowhere to get to. And yet there's always expansion. So I think that's a, a paradox or a tension that as a human being, we need to be able to hold, which is it's perfect wherever we are at right now. And there's expansion. And that's what makes us desire more. That's what makes us grow. Because if we're not growing as a human being, um, we're kind of like stagnant, you know, we're stuck in that same place. So our model of how to love, uh, going back to this, this concept is, you know, really start thinking about what did you learn from your mum? You know, if you were, whether you're a male or female, there's some stories or some beliefs that you've inherited about love from your mother. Either, and so you're either going out or you're being with someone that is just like your mother or opposite to your mother, or you're being your mother in your relationship. And equally, you can use that same thinking and that technique with your father did you learn that as a as, as a male that you always had to be the provider and there was no time to do what you love and if that's the case well what's the impact on your choices that you're making today because what makes a relationship thrive what makes human beings thrive is when we're at our best and we're at our best when we're following our heart and doing what it is that we not love, but there's like a doing what we believe is purposeful and meaningful to ourselves. So if two people are have have clarity around their purpose and their meaning of life, that creates a really nourishing and magical relationship. However, if two people are constantly they don't have clarity, but they're at the effect of life and they're making choices based on what they believe they should do, or they believe that they've prescribed to you know, um, doing these things based on inherited beliefs because that's what makes a successful life, then they're not giving themselves the opportunity to tap into that heart center. They're not giving themselves the opportunity to go, what is it that I really want Um, and who am I? We're not giving ourselves that space to go, who am I? What is it that I want to express? How do I want to show up? Um, But it comes down to being able to, I guess, dismantle and question our model of love and how we've learned that, how we've built that model of love and really have the courage to confront of the, confront these beliefs and uh, let go if they no longer serve us. So, uh, yeah, that's just some food for thought today where I just wanted to share um, an inquiry into our model of love and understanding how our model of love impacts our access on how we show up in love and how we express love. So, hey, if this uh, this short little inquiry made a difference to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear uh, the insights that you're coming up with and the beliefs that you're dismantling and, um, yeah, and your journey into uncovering and creating and choosing to live a love a life from love over living a life from fear. Thank you for joining me today. Sending lots of love, and I'm really grateful that um, 
yeah, that you're making time out to hear my ramblings and I really do hope that they make somewhat of a difference and they provide food for thought on choosing to live a life from love over fear. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you next time, like hearing, looking forward to joining you or having you join me on the next podcast and thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye.